I spent probably longer than I should have yesterday trying to find the source of a quote that probably most of us have heard before. I heard, uh, I found at least four different people it was attributed to, all the way back from Socrates to somebody who's named Philo of Alexandria to a person named Ian McLaren in the 19th century, which then I learned was actually the pen name of a pastor named John Watson. But the quote, or one of the variations of the quote, goes like this, be kind for everyone you meet is carrying a great burden. You probably have heard that before, and I wonder who you would have said, said it doesn't matter necessarily because the quote is so helpful and powerful. Be kind for everyone you meet is carrying a great burden. It speaks to the topic of empathy, being able to look into the situation and understand what it feels like to be them instead of to do what we normally do, which is just see things from our own perspective. Now we're in this series on healthy relationships and we've been looking at how a community functions and what it takes to have a strong relationship with other people. And today I want to speak to the topic of mercy and empathy instead of judgment. So having, choosing mercy before judgment, that would be if, if you, if you wanted a one sentence sermon, that's it. Choose mercy before judgment. What this does is it requires us to change our vantage point. We have to reconsider from a different perspective the situation we're tempted to make a judgment about. Most of us are very presumptuous. We look in from the outside and make presumptions about what's going on quicker than we should and without doing enough inquiry, asking what's going on, what must it be like for them, What, what are they feeling, why would somebody be doing what they're doing? I read an account this week of a woman who was at the airport waiting for her flight, and she went into the little convenience store, and she bought a magazine and a bottle of water and a sleeve of cookies, and then went and found a seat to wait for her boarding call. And as she did so, she reached over to the the empty chair next to her and opened the cookies and began eating them and reading her magazine. And there was a man on the other side, two seats away, who reached over and took a cookie out of her sleeve of cookies and ate one. And she was so flabbergasted by this that she didn't look up. She just, out of the corner of her eye, thought, what is he, he's eating my cookies. And then she would eat a cookie, and then he would eat a cookie. And then she would eat a cookie, and then he would eat a cookie. And when there was one cookie left, he took it, broke it in half, and gave her half with a smile. And then got up and walked away. And she's steaming inside, thinking, who is this man who ate half my cookies? And then when her flight was called, she went to gather up her stuff and looked down in her bag and realized the pack of cookies she bought was in her bag. (laughs) She had eaten this man's cookies and was judging him for it. Now, isn't that so often what it's like for us? We, We are looking from the wrong perspective. All those thoughts she had suddenly she had to take on herself because realized that man's probably thinking all that stuff I was thinking about him. And he finished rather gracefully, I would say. So it's about perspective. Our lens is naturally self-oriented. It's not surprising that for centuries we thought that the sun went around the earth. Why? Because this is our vantage point. I look up and it starts in the east and it comes over and goes down the west. Every day I see that. There goes the sun again. I don't realize I'm moving until somebody gives us a different perspective. Healthy relationships require us to get a different perspective. And Jesus shows us the way to do it, to choose mercy before judgment. 
It's the very name of our God. It's when he describes himself to Moses, he says, I'm slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God goes with mercy first. It's not that he never judges. He is the judge. But he, he leads off with mercy, and he's graceful to us. He's kind to us. The gospel passage here that we just read has a Pharisee named Simon who invites Jesus to his house. And in this account, we've got a a woman who's a notorious sinner is all it says here. And you can probably speculate she was caught up in prostitution in the city. That's why she was notorious. I would guess that's what it is. And Jesus doesn't make light of that. He says her sins, which are many. He He doesn't say she's fine. She's doing great. No, her sins, which are many. He points that out. But she's in shameless devotion. She really doesn't care what the others think. She is just there to adore the Lord and to seek his forgiveness and favor. And is doing this with with great expression. And then we've got a judgmental person. I like how the the way Luke wrote this, uh, it says, Simon thought to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he would know what sort of woman this is. And then I like how he wrote it, and Jesus answered him, right? (laughs) He thought to himself, and Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Uh, say it, teacher. Okay. What a, what a, I, I just, I love the Lord. He's, he's, it's fun. Reading the Gospels, it's fun how he interacts with people. As a merciful God, who is actually that prophet? Now, I want to, before I go any further into the, the passage, I want to define judgmental. I think that's important because that is one of the words that is thrown out against Christianity. Oh, Christians are all judgmental. And sometimes we are, so we, we earn that. But what does, it mean? what does it mean to be judgmental? This is how I define it. It's being critical of others and quick to judge based on personal bias. It's being critical of others and quick to judge based on personal bias. Are you someone who jumps in quickly and is critical of others without asking questions? Do you jump to conclusions Do you criticize others? Do you find yourself sitting in judgment over the other person? Or do you naturally think, or maybe learned, maybe it's not natural, have you learned to think, hmm, I wonder why they said that? What could be going on in that person's life that caused them to say that or do that? Instead of, I can't believe they said that. Well, I probably have said that. So being judgmental is about a critical, it's a critical spirit that a person has, and they are quick to judge based on personal bias. But that's one side of a pendulum swing. And the other side, which is equally not as good, is what the world does. And it's very cowardly. They say, live and let live. Don't you dare judge me. I won't judge you, but don't you dare judge me. And it's, and it's let's stay detached, and I'm going to live my life, and you live your life, and let's not interact. Don't, don't ever presume to speak into my life. That's how most of the people want to see things function in the world. And I would say it's the opposite of being judgmental. And Jesus is in the middle of that, where he's not judgmental, but he is a judge. And he's merciful, and he does engage. And he does it in such a powerful way that it exposes hearts, but it's merciful to both Simon and the woman. We see God's mercy to Simon in the way that he addresses the judgmental heart of this Pharisee. He could have said, I know what you're thinking, you judgmental fool. I am a prophet. He doesn't do that at all. Instead, what he does is he brilliantly comes up on the spot with a parable that gets Simon to start judging correctly and judge himself. Just like the woman with the cookies, the perspective gets shift with this, shifted with this little parable. 
So a man uh, has two debtors. One owes a lot, one owes not quite as much. Neither can pay. He forgives them both. Simon, which one will love him more? I suppose the one for whom the greater debt was forgiven. And then look what Jesus says. You have judged rightly. It even uses that word. You have judged rightly. He's now got Simon judging, but not being judgmental. But what he's done is he's turned that judging onto himself. So now Simon had just judged himself. It's the same trick. It's not a trick, but it's the same method that the prophet Nathan used with King David when he sinned with Bathsheba. He came to the king and rather saying, you sinned with Bathsheba, he says, he made up a parable and told of a man who had a lamb and a rich man with hundreds of sheep took the little lamb and sacrificed it and gave it for a meal. And, and then David pronounces judgment on that man. And, and then Nathan says, that man is you. So, so David ends up judging himself because of the parable. Simon does the exact same thing. And so what gets exposed is here's a notorious sinner who's come seeking forgiveness and is doing this with great love and devotion for the Lord because she knows he's merciful. And we've got someone sitting in judgment over her and over the one who can forgive. And so that's the parable that he teaches. That's what he does. And then Simon ends up seeing from a different perspective. I hope. We don't know what really happens with him because the, the, the narrative moves on to other things. But I hope that's what happens. When we see God's mercy for us, we get the resources to be merciful to other people. The question, as I read through this, that struck me every single time, and I finally got a red pen and I circled it in my Bible, is do you see this woman? That is a really helpful question to ask us, ask ourselves. Do you see this person in front of you? This person you're having an interaction with, whatever the interaction looks like. Are you, do you think you see them or do you see them? And by that I mean, are you thinking from their perspective? Why is it that they're very short with you? Why is it that they seem frustrated? Why is it that they do things that, that don't seem to make sense to you? Before you jump to being judge, judgmental or, or to a judgment, discern, pray for the person. Think about why they could be doing what they're doing. Do you see this woman? I hope we'll carry that question with us through this day, this next week. Do you see this person? And ask ourselves that same question to help us move towards being sympathetic or empathetic. Sympathy is looking at somebody in a difficult situation and feeling sorrow for that situation, for them. I'm sorry that they're in that pain. Empathy is, I can feel what you're feeling. Either I've been there myself and I know how that hurts, or when I see you suffer, I actually am feeling the same pain you're feeling sort of vicariously through you. So empathy moves us into that place. Sympathy gets us to look over there and have compassion on somebody else's pain. I read a, a really powerful account from the, uh, Pope Francis's new book called The Name of God is Mercy. He tells the story of when he was a parish priest in Argentina before he was a bishop. And uh, there was a woman who had two little children and her husband left her. And she had intermittent work, seasonal work. And when she wasn't working, she couldn't provide for them and ended up resorting to prostitution. That's how she was managing to provide for her kids. And she would come to the church for alms and food and help frequently. And one time around Christmas, she came and asked to see Pope Francis. And um, he went to see her and she said, I'm here to thank you. 
And he assumed it was for the food that they had given her for Christmas. And she said, no, I thank you for that food. We did receive it. But I'm here to thank you that every time I came, you, you always called me Senora. You never dropped the proper title for a lady. You called me Mrs. or, or whatever it was. You didn't demean me. And for her to have the parish priest recognize that she knew, I mean, she knew, she knew that he knew what had to happen, and he was trying to help where he could, but he didn't ever degrade her humanity just because of the situation she was in. And that ministered to her so much that later she came back and thanked him for it. That's a powerful example. It's very Christ-like. I, I imagine Pope Francis is like that often. It reflects the character of God. That's how Jesus interacts with people. He has empathy. He feels their pain. You know, when everyone was weeping at Lazarus's grave, so did Jesus. He felt it. That's empathy. And of course, Lazarus was his friend too. There was a loss there, even though Jesus was about to bring him back to life and knew that. So for Jesus, it wasn't going to be a loss for very long. Four days and Lazarus is back. However, just all the grief, the Lord picked that up. When we hurt, he hurts. That's empathy. There's a a very popular writer now named Brene Brown, and she's a researcher into the topic of shame and vulnerability, and it's very much related to uh, relationships. She says to have empathy for another person requires four things. It requires first that we see their world through their lens, see the world as others do. Recognize that your perspective has, you have a lens. You are looking at situations through a lens. Nobody gets a, a, a pure view. And so to have empathy, you have to see the situation through their lens, through their eyes. The second thing is you have to be non-judgmental. In other words, don't be quick to be critical. Don't jump to conclusions. Just suspend your judgment for a bit and look at the situation through their lens. And then the third is understand their feelings. Why do they feel the way they feel? Start to understand those feelings. And then the fourth one is communicate number three, which is communicate to them that you understand what they're feeling. I know what you're feeling. I feel it too. I remember what that's like. I was there once. It must be really hard to go through it because it was really hard when I went through it. That is empathy. And if we can do that, we build bridges. We mend relationships. I'm not suggesting we never make judgments. I'm suggesting we not be judgmental people and we choose mercy before we get to a judgment. I mean, Paul, the the epistle that we read, Paul says the spiritual person makes judgments about all things. So Jesus says, first remove the plank that's in your eye and then you'll see clearly to see the speck in your brother's eye. So he doesn't say, just work on your own eye all the time. There is a need, but very cautiously, there is a need to speak the truth in love into somebody's situation. But many of us want to jump way past mercy and go, I'm just speaking the truth in love. And there's not much love and there's a lot of truth and it's not spoken well. And it's spoken through the wrong lens. Choose mercy before judgment. That's how Jesus' whole ministry functioned. And I hope that once Simon experienced this mercy from Jesus, then he was able to be kinder to other people, the so-called notorious sinners. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't know much about her. She might have been forced, like that woman in Argentina, into that lifestyle to care for her family. She probably didn't want to do what she was doing. She probably had to. In Simon's case, he was choosing to be judgmental. He didn't have to be that way. And Jesus didn't slam judgment on him right away. He could have said, you know, you're a lousy host. 
I came over for dinner. You didn't even wash my feet. You didn't even give me water. You didn't, you didn't even give me an embrace. You didn't give me a kiss. You didn't give me any oil to anoint my head. You're terrible. I'm not coming back here for dinner. Jesus didn't do any of that. And as Simon reflects on what happened later, it will soften him to other people. He started to receive a new level of mercy from God, which now he will start to have more love for God. And the same is true for all of us. As we've been loved, we are able to love. As we receive mercy, we're able to give mercy. As we've been forgiven, we can forgive others. Choose mercy before judgment. I like how the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 1.3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So in other words, as we receive from God, we're able to give to others. God's mercy to you gives you the resources to give mercy to others. This morning, I wonder, as you think about your relationships, the interactions you've got with people, is there a situation where you need to double back, where you've not been particularly merciful, you've not seen things through their lens. You jumped to conclusions. You were judgmental. Is there some situation that you need to double back on? I would encourage you to do it. Pray about it and then go back and ask for forgiveness and start that conversation over and seek to see things the way that 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 person sees them. That's how Jesus did it. And he wants us to be like him. So let's choose mercy before judgment. I want to invite you to uh, join me in praying for that right now. Father, I want to thank you for the ministry of Jesus to us. I thank you that this is recorded in Luke's gospel, and I pray for the situations that you are calling to mind now in each one of our lives. I pray that you would help us to be graceful. I pray that you'd give us the courage to enter into the mess and to try and see with the other lens. Father, help us to be healthy in our relationships. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.